Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at kpoo.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy.
beautiful people. I want to thank you for joining me here this morning on Prison Focus Radio. You are tuned in to KPOO San Francisco 89.5, or you're listening on the World Wide Web at kpoo.com. I'm your host, Nube Brown, and we are going to be spending the month of July promoting and talking about the Prison Lives Matter Liberate Our Elders webinar that is going to be taking place August 4th through 6th. And we are going to be talking about some of the related uh, campaigns and work that's being done um, in relation to to uh, the International Tribunal, most notably the People's Senate that has uh, the, the, the building of a People's Senate uh, that has come from the uh, trying, not trying, but honoring the uh, the work of the international jurists that came, listened to testimony back in October of 2021 at the International Tribunal and uh, through the spirit of Mandela. And the United States, or America with 3Ks Inc., was found guilty on all five counts of genocide. And we want to make good on that uh, by building a People's Senate. So we will be talking about that uh, as well, uh, but getting ready for the Prison Lives Matter Liberate Our Elders webinar. It's, um, and uh, why we are focusing on our elders, which are, and we are most notably talking about our political prisoners. So you were going to be hearing a lot about decolonization, white false supremacy, capitalism, imperialism, socialism. Um, and um, I'm really excited and I, and I hope that you will stay with us and bring some new people to hear about this and uh, uh, participate in um, all of the events that will be taking place. Hope you all had a good weekend. Uh, this was the weekend of 4th of July. And uh, I know many of you celebrate. I do not now that I have heard this speech from Frederick Douglass, who asks, what is the 4th of July to, what to the slave is the 4th of July? I don't know if you have, any of you have heard that speech. I'm sure many of you have. Um, I know you are very uh, aware audience but those of you that haven't or you know people that haven't, you might want to check it out. I'm going to read the very last uh, paragraph of this speech, which says, But such is not the state of the case. I say it with a sad sense of the disparity between us. I am not included within the pale of glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is, not, is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought light and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice. I must mourn. Frederick Douglass, July 5th. 1852. All right, we are going to get started with the show and I hope you'll hang out with us. Good morning. I have with me Kathleen Chandler and Tag Harmon of the Spirit of Mandela Coalition, and they're going to be here talking about the People's Senate 
um, which is one of the main aspects that came out of the uh, international tribunal that took place back in October of 2021, where the jurists found the United States or America with 3Ks Inc. guilty of genocide on all five counts. We want to make good on this, this guilty verdict um, so that we can learn to govern ourselves. And out of that came the project of the People's Senate. And today to talk about what has been going on with the building of this People's Senate and what it is are Kathleen Chandler and Tag Harmon. So Tag, I would love for you to start and give us kind of an overall idea of what the People's Senate is and how it has been building and, and what it's building towards. Absolutely. And great, looks greatly appreciate the opportunity to discuss this. Uh, Eid Mubarak to all who just celebrated and peace, peace to all the comrades out there uh, across the board. So with the People's Senate, as, as you uh, rightfully noted, we, we continue with the counter-genocidal energy that uh, came out of our tribunal in 2021, in October. So from the time of that guilty verdict, and even before then, but certainly since the verdict dropped of guilty of five counts of genocide on the part of the U.S., Spirit of Mandela has really been pushing forward this People's Senate approach, uh, building that out and looking to bring it on the ground to the various regions across these uh, genocidal corporate states and territories. So right now, the People's Senate is coming off of our first general meeting, which was two weeks ago today. And we held that in place of our usual general meeting for Spirit of Mandela uh, for the month of June so that we could really continue to connect with people who are doing counter-genocidal work, who are doing abolitionist work, who are doing uh, counter-environmental racism work, doing work in the medical field, doing work pushing back against these slave patrollers who, who stay uh, violating, harassing, abusing, and terrorizing us and our communities. So, uh, so that's what we've been doing. The, the People's Senate is all about highlighting and uplifting and amplifying the work that's already going on on the ground uh, across uh, these communities, across these states and territories. So as of right now, with regard to the region that uh, Comrade Kathleen and myself are um, currently inhabiting, which would be the Northeast region, uh, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York, the Northeast region is having a set of activities July 8th and 9th. So a weekend full of People's Senate Northeast activities starting Saturday, July 8th, which will start with an art show that's going to have uh, music, poetry, visual art up on the wall. <clears throat> uh, we're looking to especially highlight the artistry of our uh, currently incarcerated comrades inside um and we're also looking to raise funds through that and our other activities for our comrades on the inside who were snatched up behind these so-called gang raids uh as part of ongoing efforts of stop stop the raids nyc uh str 
NYC. So happy to elaborate more on that, but we have a fundraising page and um, would be glad to give out the link uh, when it makes sense to do so. So that's what we're looking to do on July 8th in the afternoon. We'll, we'll be on Avenue C in the Lower East Side um, at what's called Earth Church. So Avenue C on the Lower East Side, Earth Church. Um, you can find all of the information on our website, which is again, spiritofmandela.org. From there, we're taking it to BK, and we're going to link up with our comrades at Resistance in Brooklyn uh, for an anti-Fourth of July barbecue. So that's, that's going to close out our uh, Saturday activities. So the barbecue will be uh, from 4 till about 8, and the art show will be doors at 1, and we'll close out at around 3.30, uh, 4 o'clock, so that we can get our way over to the barbecue. Finally, on Sunday, we're going to have a political meeting uh, facilitated by our, our dear comrade and, and uh, freedom fighter, former political prisoner, Sekou Odinga. And that's going to be continuing the discussion on how we build the People's Senate, particularly in this region of the Northeast. Uh, but all of these activities are open to all who want to further engage with the People's Senate, further combat genocide with us, because it's going to take all of the regions and territories and beyond for us to really total this uh, this genocidal beast that we're up against. So um, so that's what we're looking at July 8th and 9th, and I'm happy to give any more particulars as needed. And again, all of that information can be found on our website, spiritofmandela.org. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. And of course, for those of us who are on the West Coast, is any of this going to be live streamed? And, and thank you for asking. All, all, I'll, I'll put it this way. Certainly the art show on Saturday and certainly the political meeting on Sunday uh, will be live streamed. And we're working through some of the logistical questions on uh, bringing that barbecue um, to the live stream as well. But certainly Saturday and Sunday, uh, both, we will have live stream available and that information will also be up on the website and those flyers are, are circulating and some updated and additional flyers are on their way out as we speak so ideally they'll be hitting y'all uh, this weekend uh, if you check your inboxes and social media fantastic okay well we will definitely be getting it up on our um on our pages here. All right, thank you so much for that tag. Kathleen, thank you for hanging out. And, and um, I would love to hear, um, yeah, what, what's going on? What's the look of the, of the People's Senate um, on your end? Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. These are, this is an important question that we all contend with, which is that our governments are failing and we need an alternative. <laughs> the People's Senate is striving to be a part of that uh, solution and working very hard. And I wanted to emphasize that we're not at all replicating the existing Senate, where a few people make decisions and they don't represent any of us. But we want to be representing the actual people, their demands, their drive, and that. And to do so, we're networking with various organizations that are already existing and carrying out work and trying to amplify their voice and also developing 
actual alternative uh, form. So here in Buffalo, that's one of those, you know, we've established a local committee. It includes Buffalo and Rochester. Rochester comes in by Zoom, basically, but uh, here in, in Buffalo, it's a, now that week it's an in-person uh, meeting. We're just getting started. We've only had two meetings, but we're already, uh, you know, actively engaged uh, in organizing here uh, as part of uh, the work of the People's Senate. So Buffalo right now, the Erie the County is trying to build a new jail. Uh, they're talking about adding 1,500 more beds at a cost of per, approximately 200 to $250 million. And Insane. this is at a time when they've cut the educational programs for the incarcerated folks, and they've uh, basically don't provide the conditions needed. The holding center here in Buffalo is notorious for people committing suicide even before they go to trial because the conditions are so bad and people feel so, uh, you know, hopeless and isolated in the situation. Uh, so the conditions do need, you know, changing, but they, people don't want more jail and more beds and more incarceration. They want uh, to have their needs met. So, for example, approximately half the people in the in the incarcerated now have uh, mental health issues, uh, not criminal issues, and they're not being provided for. Uh, a number of people have died as a neglect of mental health. So part of what the con contribution to this struggle that the People's Senate brings is we are trying to build an alternative and that we want the decision making to be by the people. And that's even true in the little, you know, it's a relatively small group to start with, but mm -hmm. we work as a collective. It's not one person deciding and everybody else agrees. We we work together as a collective. We work, take our decisions together. We are organized to represent the People's Senate and what we've decided, all of which contributes to becoming are able to be able to govern ourselves. And for the jail, we feel we have a we can better govern than the current government is doing, Erie County, because they're not meeting the needs of the people. And we are also providing our own vision to move forward. So the county says their vision is more jails, more police. And Buffalo, which is relatively small, under 300,000, the, they already have 150 automatic weapons. They have one of those tanks, uh, you know, mm -hmm. for repression. And uh, we, we don't need any of, of that here in the city. And, uh, you know, the police are also notorious for being uh, racist uh, here. And so that's part of the work that we're doing is to fight this uh, plan for a new jail, to bring forward a vision of the people organizing and putting forward their own vision. This is what our community needs. This is how if we want this money spent. And we want to be the one to decide the question. And we can do a better job. Uh, so I just wanted to emphasize that the People's Senate is not replicating what people think of as a governing body right. and you know, just better people. We're it's a different form, too. It's decision-making in the hands of the people and c collective work in the interests of uh, the people. And that's a big part of, of what we're organizing uh, to do. And I would just emphasize also, you know, people interested in participating with the People's Senate. The Zoom uh, takes place the third Saturday of every month. It may not always be mainly directed at the People's Senate, but the People's Senate is always a part of that Zoom. So anyone interested, uh, you can get the the link at the on the join the mailing list <laughs> you can get the link or you can go to the web page and and, and uh, get it which is uh it's uh, spiritofmandela.org but there's a tab for people sent in particular so you need to go you need to go there 
Absolutely. And thanks very much. I think it's important that people have an idea that this is an alternative. And we rely on ourselves, not other governors, not those people elected, but ourselves as, as organizers and liberators. Absolutely. I think that it, that is so important. It's it's wonderful to hear that the, that uh the I, part of the, the well, the main idea too of the People's Senate is to already be working with the folks that are already doing the work on the ground, and so then it creates this greater sense of of community and collaboration and unity and not isolation, right? Because that's one of the ways that this uh, this government operates, right? Is isolating the people away from one another and then pitting us against each other. And uh, and so from from what I'm hearing, what I hear from both of you, and I hope the listeners are hearing this too, is that there are people that are working on the ground already and it's bringing them together and, and, and building that power, that people's power of unity, because in fact we can... Uh, we can meet our own needs and govern ourselves. And that's what I see happening here. And I think that's that's exciting. And wow, I, I think it's great that you're in um, your second meeting uh, because that's movement forward and um, and it gives the real hope and possibility for what's what's possible uh, for us in in the future that people actually do want to come together regardless of what also um, like what is it the sixth arm of the government is the media you know so we are also creating a narrative here from what I from um, um, from what I'm hearing from both of you creating this narrative of yes we can in fact and we will be um, governing ourselves and working together and assessing our own needs so thank you uh, both it, it was um, is, was there something um, that either of you wanted to um, uh, mention that we didn't mention before we close out? Um, Tag, I'll let you go ahead and, um, or Kathleen, why don't you go ahead if there was um, um, anything that, you know, kind of popped into your, your, you know, your thinking as you were, as you were talking that you wanted to mention before we close out. Two things I would say. One is, is that we are, uh, striving to bring forward the leadership of black, brown, and indigenous peoples, make sure that voice is, is heard and, you know, to the forefront. And that's characteristic of, of all of, of the work. Um, and that it, it plays a role. And secondly, uh, we have a, a important combination of uh, elders uh, and, and, uh, and that, and younger folks, not as experienced, but who are, who are conscious in terms of, much more conscious, I would say, in terms of issues like the environment and mm -hmm. uh, the healthcare needs and these kinds of, of questions and are very interested in, in dealing with that. So the the tribunal, one of it, those two, those were two of the five charges also, environmental racism and, and uh, racism of, uh, and genocide of healthcare. And, uh, you know, Buffalo, for example, we have a very serious problem with lead poisoning here. We have the highest number of new cases per capita anywhere in the state. Mm -hmm, and, so, mm -hmm. and it's mostly it's mostly young, young black children and other people of color. But so those are other aspects that we, you know, we rely on uh, those of us more experienced in the movement and have been for some time, including, uh, you know, the former political prisoners who were part of it. And also we're organizing to bring forward those who are active on these different fronts and to network and as uh, amplify those voices and also bring them together so that 
so that, for example, so that this struggle against the jail, we can now put that out nationally on part as part of the network of the People's Senate. So everybody knows this is a fight that's taking place and the role that it plays and how important it is. Uh, you know, it's not just Buffalo that has to deal with these things. Other people, you know, there's Cop City in Atlanta. There's another one now in Chicago. There's, you know, different examples of that. So uh, I think that's uh, just so people know. And I would just emphasize, please... Uh, you know, go to the webpage to get more information and to, to get the live stream for the July events. Those are going to be very informative and also, you know, uh, pop, you know, social activity and socializing and networking together. Part of the music and is is to do that, and the barbecue is to socialize and get to know each other better. Uh, so I hope people can join the live stream. You on the West Coast, and uh, but also just find out more about what's happening in the work that we are doing in building an alternative that meets out the needs of the people and upholds their human rights uh, all across the board. Great. Thank you. Thank you for that emphasis, because that's very important. Thank you so much, uh, Kathleen. All right, Tag, we're going to finish uh, uh, finish out with you. Some last words. Much respect. So I'm going to get real informational for a second okay so uh get out there uh writing utensils or what have you i just want to give some of the specifics for july 8th and 9th and uh continue from there thank you so much again for the space to discuss these matters so july 8th the first activity the art show music and poetry that will start the doors open at 1 p.m eastern on july 8th will be at 36 Avenue C. That's on East 3rd Street in Manhattan on the Lower East Side. And for the barbecue, uh, we will be in Brooklyn. Uh, that's going to take place at 309 Park Place, and that's from 4 to 8 p.m. Finally, Sunday, the political discussion that, uh, that will be facilitated by Sekou Odinga, will take place at Freedom Hall in Harlem, 113 West 128th Street, and that will be starting promptly at 1 p.m. Eastern. So the flyers will be going out. If you need any information about any of that or any of the activities for that weekend, you can call the following number, 917-602- Four zero seven zero. Again, that's nine one seven six zero two four zero seven zero for more information about any of our activities coming up. And uh, if you're not able to get through right away, the comrade will get right back to you to uh, just clarify anything that might need clarification. And so I just want to again thank you for all of the work that you've been doing and for allowing us to speak on on these issues today and ideally we'll be able to link soon and continue the discussion uh we know that uh, a lot of work is going on right now with regard to prison lives matter and this movement to liberate our elders and we should just be clear that this question of liberating our elders and the kind of eldership that is represented in Spirit of Mandela and in the People's Senate are are akin. That that these are these are developments um, of of the same type. It's the same energy of really representing and 
we need to and we're going to set aside and and finally uh, uh, firebomb and and completely eradicate this genocide structure that exists here in in the U.S. Empire. Uh, it's it's going to take really taking seriously and taking our marching orders from from the answers who've been doing it for the longest and for our elders who have been carrying that torch uh, for all these decades. And that's what the People's Senate is all about. Right on, right on. Well said, well said. Thank you so much. Uh, Tag, thank you so much, Kathleen, also for giving your time, all the amazing work that y'all are doing. Um, yes, let's keep it up. Let's keep this connection going. And let's continue to build in this uh, deep respect for um, for our human rights and our, our, our right to live and be free. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Glad to be here. All right, we are going to take a quick musical break with Work by Bob Marley and the Whalers, and then we are going to get right into hearing from Joka Hashima Jinsai about the Prison Lives Matter Liberate Our Elders webinar and why he wants you and why we all want you to attend.
terms of the social impact and motive force of uh, a webinar is scope, focusing on uh, freeing our elders, I mean, first thing that you probably want to impart is why is it necessary to free our elders? Why is that needed? Why is it important? Why is it important for someone who doesn't have any family member or someone they love inside a prison setting? Or that's been touched by the prison slave complex, why should they care? Okay, so first of all, people need to understand that this historical materialist perspective on our people, particularly the African people, and the role elders have played in our community's tradition, they have played a leadership role. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. The reason they played a leadership role been on the planet a lot longer than most of us. They've actually seen and experienced things we haven't. They've actually seen and experienced things we have. They know what's correct because they've done it. They know what's incorrect because they've done that too. <laughs> so from a purely historical materialist perspective, our elders are central reservoir of both our leadership and our correct ideas. Now, you're talking about civic class i.e., politically conscious, uh, socially aware, uh, socially and politically active, or an activist elder. You're talking about the unique aspect of leadership that's absent from our communities to the degree we had it when we actually affected social change in this nation. What you have right here is a revival of fascism that is uh, unabashed, unashamed, unafraid. Um, it's being recodified in the law. And uh, there's no effective resistance currently being waged against it. Um, this is cyclical in this country. Every single time uh, social forces in the United States of America move toward freedom, you have a reactionary retreat into uh, conservatism, into uh, fascism. It happens every time. So on the heels of you know, pressing progress and, and, and social change that swept across this country following 2013-2014, 2015 hunger strikes and release of elders. You've had new laws. You've had uh, guys getting out that never thought would ever get out. Um, you've had social forces begin to organize in other states. Social forces begin to organize in other countries. Inspired by 33,000 dudes hunger striking the other. Because they was been subjected to torture for the last X amount of decades. Okay. We'll follow that. We'll follow Obama. Trump. We'll follow it is a Supreme Court that ain't got no problem telling you nigga use a nigga. You won't stay in nigga. You got uh, uh, governors that ain't got no problem telling you that your historical experience is something out there. And that theory is banned in our state. And we get books off the shelves because when books is indoctrinated in our view, that's both telling them the truth. 
when the hell the truth become indoctrination? Right. How is it the historical experience of a people that has been the foundation for building wealth in this country? A 496-year epoch is somehow not worthy of historical or academic. That's the language that they use in Florida. It's not worthy of historical academic. It's not worthy of academic uh, history. It ain't worthy of being taught to our kids. Right. Yet, our kids are still going to their school. For lack of a better word, colonial psychosis mm-hmm. has been allowed to pervade our communities because we lack functional leadership. There was a time when we used to have national strategy. Right. Like, like liberation movement. That was a national strategy. We were not really sure about the counterintelligence program, but it took the counterintelligence program to destroy it. Right, right. So white movement was a national strategy. You had to go up against stuff like lynch law, Jim Crow apartheid, but uh, getting back that, it took Rich Law and Jim Crow apartheid to oppose it. That don't mean it stopped it. My point is, our people, oftentimes, our daily practice is predicated upon our social perspective. Our attitudes is predicated upon our conditions. So if our social perspective is warped, if the conditions that we live in on a day-to-day basis are poverty-stricken, they're hopeless, uh, from our perspective, uh, because... We keep on fighting, we keep on losing. What the logical course of thought would lead us to something has to change. We gotta do something different. All right, beautiful people. I have to jump in here because I failed to mention that what you are listening to from Joka Hashima Jinsai is an excerpt of an hour long conversation that we had. And so what I am doing or what you are hearing is not only excerpts, it's excerpts um, and the parts that pertain uh, specifically to uh, the reason for the focus on liberating our elders and uh, the promotion of the Prison Lives Matter Liberate Our Elders webinar. So um, if things might seem a little a little choppy, it's because of that, because I am, um, like I said, these are excerpts from an hour-long conversation that uh, Joka Hashima and Jinsai and I had. All right, we're going to continue. He's going to be talking, uh, he'll be mentioning his sister. I have a sister named Delon, and nobody had my back like that girl had my back. For the duration, she didn't have my back. I say that to say the reason liberating our elders is so vitally important is because there are men like me that have been product of women like you who actually are effective leaders. We can lead. Yes, you can. Good. I mean, like, we just know every dude. Like, gotta know what we're doing. Pretty good at this stuff. Most areas of people like you. Um, We are the product of literally hundreds of years of struggle. I'm only standing, I'm only here talking to you right now 
because of George, because of Qatar, because of Big E, because of Lucy S. because of Malcolm X, because of Nat Turner, because of the Castle Lines. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I'm only here because Gary was a man in process. That's the only reason I'm here. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't exist. There would never be a, a Hashim. Hmm. So, if we harken back and we understand from a genuine political mode of force perspective, why are we seeking the free RL? Then people will understand, even if you ain't got nobody in prison, even if you ain't got nobody, you ain't never been touched by building a display company, you should be motivated just as much as the person who has to get these brothers and sisters out. These brothers and sisters are going to improve your community. They're going to improve communities that you ain't never win. And in turn, because we live in what's called human civilization, where everyone is interconnected, you're going to benefit too. Absolutely. Your social life is going to be better because of the actual contribution that these brothers and sisters can make to our society. We can live in a society where ain't nobody hungry. We can live in a society where everybody has a, a basic education, where everybody has work, house, it ain't got to be the way it is. It doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. But if that's what people don't understand, they mean lie. As Malcolm X said, let us right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. They've been flossed. It ain't true. There's an alternative to this. And these ideas have been suppressed. These ideas have been locked in dungeons. Literally. Because the people who have created these ideas, who have developed these solutions, are considered enemies of the state, prison gang, the worst of the worst, all these weird titles and labels that they seek to put on people to dehumanize, to criminalize what they know full well is not criminal. It was only through the leadership, these very elders that I'm talking about, that the fact of this matter even came to light. You had senators like Lonnie Hancock saying, Hold on one second, Mr. Scott Curry. My, if you go to my house right now, on my shelf, half the books you got on this list, I got in my house. Uh, am I a uh, uh, prison gang member? He had no response for that. Right. right. Who knew? The vast majority of society did not know that people were being placed in domestic torture units for decades simply because they read a certain book, because they wrote an essay, because they drew a picture. Not because they stabbed nobody, not because they were selling drugs, not because they were doing nothing wrong, just because of what they believed. And what they believed wasn't wrong, it was right. I'm also glad that you talked about that it's always been a national movement, and I think all of the movements for liberation I mean, you know, for black liberation, have always been national and international. Exactly. And I am glad to say that this new push for uh, what this webinar is going to to um, uh, present is national. I mean, we have three states already. I mean, there's there's Chicago, New York, and California 
that and that's uh, why I need to be that's why it's so important that's why I need to be done that's why everybody should support it if we can rebuild the prison movement prison movement was a national movement it was a national movement that actually functioned continuously with the black liberation movement it was a movement that actually moved continuously with the poor people's liberation movement absolutely at the same time in the same uh, social era in the same historical era why can't these things up well, exactly, and I, I just, um, I mean, I know you agree with this. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to say it though, like I, we can't, we can't have any kind of liberation if we don't have our prisoners and our elders and our first being liberated, but that we don't have that that our youth are not being imprisoned either. Right, because I mean, this is just there's this is legal slavery that's taking place, but it's genocidal to to rob our communities. First, you rob them, rob them of their their youth, our future. That's genocidal, and you take them and you indoctrinate them, as you have clearly laid out in your indictment um, against the state and prison industrial slave complex, and. But then, like you said, and I want to go back to this because I, uh, when you talked about um, how important it is, and traditionally and historically, but even presently, to have our elders in the community because, like you said, they are, they, they are walking wisdom. They have okay. life experience. And so when you talked about that um, and you mentioned that, I immediately was what uh, the vision that came in into my mind was you know a family and that included the grandmother and the grandfather and what it does feel like when our elders have been removed from us the loss is immeasurable yes it that's is. the thing to- i want to uh, i want to touch on something we just spoke of in terms of uh the nature in which this society allows us to scapegoat people. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's really what I meant when I said they take it a step further. They take it a step further for not merely a burden black, but they'll blame their own people. Right. They'll they'll create scapegoats people. Well, I, I think what what is equally important is people understand why. Mm-hmm. I don't we look at a social contradiction and we'll identify the contradiction. We want, we want to identify its purpose. And its purpose is probably more insidious than the contradiction itself. <laughs> what, it's, what it's being used for. You know, what, what, what it's actually being employed to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it brought to mind, immediately for me, it brought to mind... Uh, this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. A piece I wrote. I think it's one familiar, but I wrote a piece a couple years ago on the correlation between Thomas Infrastructure Mission and George Jackson's own withdrawal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we published it. Yeah. In that piece, I actually uh, identified 14 characteristics of a fascist state. And why the United States of America is a fascist state? And uh, I want to. I I want to touch on just an excerpt from that. We're going to read this right now so y'all can have actual clarity as to not only what this sister is talking about, 
but also why this webinar is important. Why you should be personally invested. Y'all heard me say on numerous occasions that U.S. fascism is the most advanced form of fascism human civilization has ever encountered, period. Here's why. What makes U.S. fascism the most advanced is the systematic defense slash attack mechanisms built into its every institution and its uncanny ability to disguise and redefine itself. Nevertheless, there are certain defining characteristics common to all fascist regimes, be they Germany under Hitler, Indonesia under Suharto, Chile under Pinochet, or the U.S. under Trump and Biden. Here are 14 of them. I'm going to give y'all three. And it's the third one that I want you to pay close attention to. Powerful and continuing nationalism from the compulsory recitation of the Pledge of Allegiance in every U.S. public school to the Make America Great Again fervor of the White Nationalist Republican Party. Powerful and reactionary nationalism has always been a hallmark of U.S. culture and it only continues to grow stronger year over year with both the conservative right liberal centrists alike. Two, disdain for the recognition of human rights. Here's why they don't blame homeless people for being homeless. Dehumanization of Africans, Latinos, indigenous people, and the poor in America is as American as apple pie. The genocide of Native Americans to the system of shadow slavery, from the brutality of Jim Crow apartheid, to the rampant murder of unarmed Americans by police, from the brutalization of prisoners of war in Abu Ghraib, Guantanamo Bay, and CIA black sites around the world, to presiding over the largest domestic torture program in human history, solitary confinement supermax prisons like Pelican Bay across the United States, disdain for human rights and masking it under some other pretext has always been U.S. national policy. To be sure, the United States remains one of the only industrialized nations who has not signed the United Nations Rights of the Child Treaty. Yeah, right. Presumably because America has a pension for imprisoning children. Human rights are always secondary to national interest in America. You need only look at continuing criminalization laws for the homeless to see the truth of this. <laughs> Three, identification of enemies slash scapegoats as a unifying cause. Big resistance of indigenous people as a justification for wars of extermination. The fear of new African empowerment as a justification for the counterintelligence program. The war on drugs and mass incarceration. Or the current scapegoat of immigrants, anti-fascists, and black protest movements as the source of all the nation's woes. The U.S. has always used this racist, xenophobic, and anti-poor narrative to whip masses of reactionaries into a patriotic frenzy to attack or socially contain perceived, quote, common threats. Yep. I'll stop right there. <laughs> yes, because we can only take so much, Ashima. Oh, my. Right. You are just, your, your, your brilliance is well noted. It's true. 
We will stop right there. That is why people need to come to this webinar. That's why you need to support. Really? You need to support it because these elders that we're talking about have a unique social perspective. Most of them have presided in solitary confinement shields designed to break human beings from us. The most oppressive conditions this country has to offer. Any human being, anywhere. That's the social perspective they had. That means they have viewed U.S. society from literally the bowels of the belly and the bottom of the society. Don't get no lower than that. You want to know why that's a unique and important perspective to have? Because when you're this low, when you're at the bottom of everything, you can see all that holes above. <laughs> it's easy to identify it. They can't see you low. It's a whole lot of stuff they miss when they sitting on that lofty perch up there. Right. When they smelling that rarefied air and sipping their uh, mineral oil. But we don't miss nothing. We just seen it all, analyzed it all, and actually can articulate a whole lot of what you do. So a lot of the mistakes that we are currently making as a people, as a culture, as communities, we can avoid with the social perspective of these brothers and sisters. It's why y'all need to support this webinar. And it's why you need to support families else. Absolutely. All right. We will be back every week uh, with kind of a new perspective and more commentary on the uh, Prison Lives Matter Liberate Our Elders webinar. It is a, a tri-state, tri-city um, uh, national endeavor that we are that is taking place and um, so mark your calendars the 4th through the 6th of August California Oakland will be uh, doing our piece on uh, the 6th of, of August but the others will it will all be live streamed um, yeah so please come back please invite your people to come and listen to to get prepared uh, for the the webinar listen to uh, the um, upcoming uh, episodes of prison focus radio here on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 through the month of July as we get prepared for uh, August. All right. Who will be on the on the panels is still to be determined, but know that you are going to be hearing from. Um, we are going to be hearing directly from some of our elders on the inside and on the outside. Uh, some local organizers, uh, movement lawyers. So it's going to be very exciting. All right. The last thing that we are going to do um, is we have an action item to. Uh, call the prison where Kevin Rashid Johnson is being medically neglected and uh, he's at the tail end of his uh, treatment for prostate cancer and it looks like they are trying to deny him that treatment. So we need to make calls to make sure that they uh, do not succeed in continuing to harm and possibly uh, kill him off from the uh, lack of uh, cancer treatment. A prime and tragic uh, example 
of why we need to uh, liberate our elders and free all political prisoners. All right, so here's the email that we got. Dear friends of Rashid, I learned yesterday that the prison administration at Sussex 1 suddenly stopped taking Rashid to the radiation treatments for the prostate cancer he is suffering and threw him in the hole with none of his belongings. Very uncomfortable. Their excuse? A guard accuses him of transporting drugs into the prison in the prison vehicle, transporting him between the prison and the hospital where he has been receiving the treatments. This is definitely not something Rashid does. Remember, Rashid was forced to wait over a year between diagnosis and beginning of treatment, and now it appears that treatment is being interrupted. And this is what his comrade reports. He is in administrative segregation following a treatment visit to the hospital. This is something, uh, the radiation treatments that he has been doing for some time now. He states that he is about two weeks of treatment has about two weeks of treatment left, and he thinks that they are trying to disrupt the treatment. He has no property in the cell. It's stripped bare, no blanket, sheets, nor mattress. The toilet is not working, no running water. The pigs had been acting strange since last week, constantly surveilling him, even while in uh, the BR. The report that they got, they trashed his cell and were gathering all of his property while he was away for his treatment. He thinks it is a setup. He thinks there should be a phone and email zap. So here are the people to contact. Sussex State Prison Warden Beth Cabell, C-A-B-E-L-L. Phone number 804-834-9967. Director of Health Services Steve Herrick, H-E-R-R-I-C-K. You can uh, reach him at steve.herrick at vadoc.virginia.gov. And uh, you can call 804-887-8118. And then the Director of Corrections, the VADOC, Harold Clark, Clark with with an E at the end, 804-674-3000. I hope we have a, a, a better update. This was from a couple of days ago, so please make those calls. Um... This is how they treat our. This is how they treat our elders. This is how they treat our political prisoners, our prisoners of war, our uh, our revolutionaries. All right, um, uh, I want to thank y'all for spending some time here this morning. I hope you keep coming back. Uh, feel free to reach me at endslaverynow the number nine at gmail dot com. Any comments, critis- constructive criticism, um, and any suggestions. All right, get ready for work week with Steve Seltzer.